family welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving it's wednesday middle of the week i only have two more days to go really one because friday you know it's kind of a wash so you can make it through so we're going to help you make through by discussing (laughs) the next section in psalms 119 and it reads of course i'm reading from the common english bible for this entire psalm Excuse me. It reads, Remember your promise to your servant, for which you made me wait. My comfort during my suffering is this. Your word gives me new life. The arrogant make fun of me to no end, but I haven't deviated from your instruction. When I remembered your ancient rules, I'm comforted, Lord. But I'm seized with anger because of the wicked, because of those who abandon your instruction. Your statutes have been my song of praise wherever I have lived as an immigrant. Lord, I remember your name at nighttime, and I keep your instruction. This has been my practice because I guard your precepts. You know, as we continue in our journey through this psalm, the more and more I believe that this was written while they were in exile in Babylon, and that the promise that this um, psalmist keeps referring to is for them to return back to their promised land, to Israel, to Jerusalem, which was destroyed at the second um, captivity, I guess you can say, of the Babylonians. They destroyed the temple, they destroyed Jerusalem. And so I'm thinking that this is when this psalm was written. This section which is interesting, reveals a slight irritation on behalf of our dear psalmist. God has made him wait for this promise. And we all know that waiting is something that in none of us really do very well, or at least I don't. However, despite this little bit of impatience, our psalmist continues to live according to God's word, even in inhospitable circumstances. He says that it's become his solace in this foreign land, that it gives him new life, which is exactly what reading the word of God does. But notice in verse 53 that he is angry, and he's angry at the wicked. We've heard that term used before throughout the Psalms, right? David talked about the wicked. But in this Psalm, did you catch who the wicked are? Let me read it again. But I am seized with anger because of the wicked, because of those who abandon your instruction. Therefore, the wicked that he is referring to is his fellow Israelites. Do you find that shocking? (laughs) You know, as I continue my journey in learning, I have discovered all sorts of exciting information about just the daily life of the Israelites in both the Old and New Testament. The children of Israel of the Old Testament, you know, life wasn't easy, right? They went through periods of not living in accordance with God's word. And you can find that in scripture, right? When they take foreign rise, where they bring in um, idols, even into the temple and they're worshiping other gods and whatnot. But what I found shocking and what you may not know is that 
throughout their history, after the law was given, you know, to Moses and, and we have Deuteronomy and then they go to Egypt and all that stuff, as they're living, they lose the documents, the written scrolls. It, throughout their time of wandering in the wilderness and then being in the promised land and warring with different factions and then having people, you know, other nations living with them, all of that, they lose God's word because you'll find it in scripture where it says that they discovered God's word and then, then they read it again and then they rededicate themselves to God's word. So in the midst of them forgetting God's word, they, they don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know the law. And so they don't practice the law. A good number of them, you know, they're preoccupied with life. After their removal from their homeland, they go up, they forget about the formal rituals that the law required. And it became less important. Not all, though, our dear psalmist and many others attempted to follow the law. And so for those who did do that, they were considered old-fashioned, not with the times, not assimilating into a new environment. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) This sheds a brighter light on how our psalmist feels and what he's experiencing. And so it should be familiar to us the mocking of people at your dedication to your faith. The same thing continues today, does it not? For those who are babes in Christ, you know, they think that those who are more mature, that we're zealots or out of touch, that, you know, we should kind of change to fit the time in order to bring people into, you know, church and all that kind of stuff. There's still a mocking within the body of Christ. I recall having a conversation with a Christian. She said she was a Christian. She was a friend of mine in Germany. And everybody wants me to get married and wanted me to get married then. And my thing was, I need a Christian man. And she goes, that shouldn't be your priority. A fellow Christian telling me that that shouldn't be my priority in a mate. Does that make sense? Absolutely not. So I can definitely understand and identify with his frustration and anger with the very people who are supposed to be upholding the law and they're not doing it. But we must do as our psalmist did, which is we need to hold fast to the word of God, even if others do not. We need to love our neighbors. We need to place nothing or no one or anything above our God. We need to live a life that allows all of the fruit of the Spirit to be practiced in our behaviors. And as the psalmist places God at the top of his priority, we must do the same. Regardless if we find ourselves in a not-so-familiar circumstance or season, we must remember that God is our head, and irrespective of what we are experiencing, God will work it out for our good. And I want you to take hold of this today as you may become disgruntled with those around you, angry with those around you. People who stated that they would help you during this caregiving season but seem to just can't find the time to to help you when you ask for the assistance. Or those who do help but when they help they create more work. 
I want you to know it's okay to get angry and upset. We all do. It's an emotion. But it's not okay to allow your anger or to use your anger as an excuse to disrespect another of God's created daughters or sons. They've been made in God's image just as you have. They're just on a different path. Your role, what God expects you to do, is to pray for yourself first so that you can channel that anger into something productive while asking the Holy Spirit to show you how to release it and hand it over to God. And then after you're done with that, then you pray for the individual that upset you. I've learned to do that. It it takes a while, and I'm still learning, but it's a process and it's better when you do it that way. Today, this section, our psalmist shows us how to live by God's word in any season, no matter where we are and no matter who is around us, whether they're doing it or not. Our responsibility, your responsibility as a daughter or son of the Most High God is to still make sure that he is a priority and that you're walking in the will that he has placed before you. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for this psalm as we take it in nugget pieces. It's so refreshing to realize that we can still place you as our priority. It's refreshing to know how your word can be refreshing to us in all seasons. And it's also, Father, important for us to acknowledge that you expect us to honor you to worship you, to dig in your word, to live your word, regardless of the season that we are in, regardless if we're caregiving, regardless if we're going through a divorce or breakup, regardless if we are unemployed. Those are the times where we especially need to be closer to you. As we draw closer to you, you draw closer to us. And so we thank you for this timely peace for such a time as this, that we can dedicate our lives to you regardless of the season, regardless of those who are around us, whether they're practicing it or not. We acknowledge that our responsibility to you is to still allow you to be Lord of our lives. And so today, Father, we come before you acknowledging you as Lord of our lives. I ask that you bless the caregivers because they do need help. I needed help and you provided it for me. I'm asking you to provide that help for them and to grant them peace and comfort and strength as they continue on their caregiving journey. This we pray in the matchless name of Jesus, our Christ. Amen. All right, my podcast family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.